0: hello hello welcome back to diagnosing a killer the mental breakdown i'm koal and i'm kenna did i already say that no it was oh, just, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think that you were anticipating me to like say it with you and then you looked at me and I was quiet i
0: started and then i zoned out at the same time so i was like it happens hey guys it's me Cool. welcome cool. oh god that was loud <laughs> sorry sorry Cool. <Sorry>. <laughs>
1: I went out last night and uh, we I signed up for karaoke and you know I had been drinking like a little bit but I wasn't like you know anywhere crazy and I go up there and I was super nervous because we had a new bar like I hadn't been there yet and I didn't know anybody in the room and I got back off the stage, you know, the stage and I was like I just blacked out for like the
0: entire <laughs> just song. straight blacked out I just
1: straight up blacked out it's <laughs> fine though anyway welcome guys ga- wow already messing up no oh. anyway welcome back welcome to the back. I feel like I don't even want to say we had not posted anything in a uh, week.
0: Sorry, we haven't posted in a while because just, people I'm unapologetic at this point. Sorry people all. listening to
1: this in three years are gonna be like, "I didn't even notice." Didn't because, even notice. Yeah,
0: it's just one right after the other. Yeah, exactly. It's fine.
1: Well, we're gonna start this mental breakdown out by reading an email. Yeah, email. We got an email. From one of our listeners. This email subject is that mental breakdown. Ooh, that one. <laughs> that one. Yeah, I don't know which one it is. We're going to see. <laughs> so, this email says Hey, so here's my input on the last mental breakdown where you talked about the deadliest drugs in America. Ooh, that is mine. I myself have recently begun to become aware of the long term effects of my drug use after hearing you talk about the effects of cocaine on the nervous system. It's kind of shocking and very humbling to come face to face with the fact that I may have triggered a type of mental illness by using drugs. I would like to thank you for bringing that piece of information to light. But more importantly, I want to make a comment about heroin users. Mm. It pains me whenever I see someone going through an addiction to heroin and I celebrate when I know that someone has kicked the habit. There's one thing that you mentioned that strikes me as interesting, though, and that is that even a person who has been clean for months or years may still suffer the same physical effects of heroin use despite not having done that drug in that time. What's chilling to me is that the support system a former user has built in the time might see the signs of use again and think that the user has fallen off the wagon when they really haven't, Hmm. and then their mistrust might be a trigger for the user to begin their habit again. I think it's important for people to realize that these symptoms of use are lifelong, and when people start exhibiting them, that's when they need help more than ever, especially if they haven't been using, because at that point in time, it's all the same in their mind, especially if the people who need them to believe in them stop supporting them. I love all that you guys do. Keep up the amazing work. Well, that was nice. That was a nice email, but that is a really good point. It's it's unfortunate that, and I learned a lot researching for that mental breakdown mm-hmm. and even, you know, talking to you about it as I was presenting it. And it's crazy how, like, you can literally have symptoms of drug use or, you know, mental, long-lasting mental health effects even when you're not using it. Like at all a you year after the fact, you're exhibiting like withdrawal symptoms and stuff it's
0: wild I mean that's scary (laughs) you know it it really makes you not want to do drugs (laughs) and that is an interesting thing that this person pointed out was that you know the support system that they've built around them they might accuse them of using again you know say you've reconnected with friends and family and stuff and then they think that you're using again when you're not yeah it's just
1: still those lingering symptoms Ooh, well, thanks for that nice email. I love getting emails from people. It's just yeah. always so much fun reading and and knowing that we're you know we're making an impact on people, especially with the mental breakdowns because mm. I know that true crime is super interesting. everyone really wants to listen to it. And I was um almost under the impression that like our mental breakdowns weren't as listened to listened to as the regular cases, mm-hmm. which it's not the case. They actually are li- both listened to uh, just about the same, which is great. Right. Cool. So I'm glad that we can teach people something. and then of course we learn something in the process as right. well as well. Um, other than that, I think the only thing else that's new is that we have a TikTok account. <laughs> it took us a long time to get it started, and we're still kind of like working the in and outs of it. I don't really know how to use TikTok to do anything <laughs> other than watch TikToks, <laughs> but hopefully we'll start to get um, some cool videos. What did you say they were called? Like the reels or the, not the reels, but the the thing that Tim was telling you about, like the shutter shock, like images or whatever, you can kind of put them on. And yeah, make like so
0: a, there's I actually a, an old high school friend of mine. He actually, that's what he does as a profession. He goes to places like Florida and does stock footage of, like, in the sea and, like, stuff like oh. that. And then he sells those stock footages to, like, documentaries and stuff. So, like, you know, when someone's in California because they'll, like, do this aerial view of Hollywood sign. Yeah. or something. People do that for a living, and then they just sell it to TV shows or whatever.
1: I mean, that makes so much sense. I feel like I always wonder, like, <laughs> where do they get these clips from? That's, right. so, that's so fitting that they just coincidentally had this specific yeah.
0: clip. That's funny. Isn't that funny? Huh. So it's, yeah, they do that for a living. So I had a old high school buddy of mine that that's what he did. Anyways, there's free websites for that. Okay, cool. So, so we can start making... Yeah. Yeah, my editing is not pristine we need to start <laughs> to, you know, finding someone maybe
1: we can pay someone to help us
0: put out <laughs> maybe <videos>. yeah <laughs> anyway i'm excited to hear what we're going to talk about today so today we are going to be talking about the bystander effect oh so this is usually something that you'll learn in a psychology class yeah for the this most is interesting part. so what is the bystander effect let's define it the bystander effect is defined as a psychological theory that states that the more people that are around, the less likely an individual is to offer help to, like, a victim of a crime. Yes. Essentially. Mm-hmm. So one of the most accredited cases to this theory is actually the case of Kitty, Geno- Kitty Genovese. I don't okay. know if you've mm-hmm. heard of... No? I don't think so. Kitty Genovese. So what most people understand about the case of Kitty Genovese, that's hard to say, (laughs) is that she was actually murdered in front of 38 individuals who did nothing about the crime as it unfolded for over 30 minutes. I
1: have heard about this. I just didn't realize I recognized the name.
0: So maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. So the story goes as such. Kitty Genovese was raised in Brooklyn. She was the eldest of five kiddos, and she actually worked in a um, in a bar. She was a bartender in Queens. And this is in 1964. Kitty had finished closing up the bar around 2.30 in the morning um, on March 13th of that same year, 1964. She headed to her car to make her trip home. And while she was on her way home, she stopped at a red light. And she was actually spotted by Winston Mosley. And he was actually waiting in his car specifically to find a victim. Which is... Yeah. That's so totally he waited in this parking lot for a while, and just across from this parking lot is where Kitty had stopped her car at the red light. So he followed her. He followed her home. So when she parked her vehicle in, um, like her apartment complex, like it's just like a parking lot. It's not like mm-hmm. a, like a parking garage. So when Kitty came out of her car, she started walking up to her the front of her apartment complex building, mm-hmm. and Mosley came from behind her and. Um, he started, like, running towards her, and he was brandishing a knife. Okay, that's terrifying. Running? Super scary. And so she heard someone running behind her. She turned around, saw what he was holding, and she started just running.
1: I just, like, got the sudden urge to turn around and (laughs) see if there was anyone behind (laughs) me. I know you can see directly behind me, but...
0: (laughs) So she she began to scream, of course, like, calling for help, and she said something like, please help me, or I'm being stabbed, something like that. Um, neighbors would later report that they had heard screaming and saw two individuals in a tussle that they heard, um, but th- th- that they heard them screaming and yelling at each other, but they thought it was a lover's quarrel. So they didn't oh, do anything okay. about it.
1: They didn't see blood or anything like coming from No. Okay. Yeah.
0: One neighbor apparently did attempt to say something like, hey, leave that girl alone from his apartment building window. Oh, so like the eighth floor up. He's like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey what you doing hey, down there? <laughs> don't do that. that, that. (laughs) I see you. Like, what are you going to do? So mostly when hearing the man scream, however, or yell, he actually ran back towards his car. Kitty had been stabbed twice, but pretty severely. And in the back, Um, she tried to make her way around the rear of the apartment in an effort to hide from the attacker. Oh my God. Well, in the rear of the, uh, in the rear of the attacker. (laughs) 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 Oh no, it's not that kind of show. In the rear of the building, there was pretty much, like, an enclosed stairway, so there was, like, a door mm-hmm. that you get to upstairs, like, to where the stairs are. So she was just in that oh, area. Oh, I feel like
1: that would be scarier. Like, you're now you're trapped and like... So she, yeah, she was just in that area. Not, like, victim-blaming or anything, but that's... I feel like if that's your only option, that's scary. Right.
0: Um, so apparently at this point, one neighbor did attempt to call the police and stated that a potentially drunk woman was staggering around and yelling. Oh, now yeah. she's inebriated and it's her fault. Kitty made it to the inside of the doorway. Um, unfortunately, Mosley wasn't done. He hopped in his car and he tried to locate her and eventually would find her oh. um, in the rear of the apartment building. Um, and then he began to repeatedly stab her and then he also sexually assaulted her. Oh,
1: my God.
0: So he had um, then dug through her pockets and he received the $50 that Kitty had made that night. Oh, my and God. And left.
1: All of that for fifty dollars. The
0: crime took a total of over thirty minutes from beginning to end, and uh, it actually took an ambulance an hour to arrive on the scene. What? So,
1: oh, because they thought she
0: was just a drunk idiot. So oh here's my okay. God. So this is this is the story as it pertains to the bystander effect, and and what this is the the um, biggest example that people use when they yeah. talk about this case, right? Um. In that time, a neighbor had actually found Kitty and stayed with her until the ambulance arrived. So, the media picked up this story, and just two weeks later, after the story had gained traction, a headline in the New York Times would say, 37, which was actually a misprint, it was supposed to be 38, 38 who saw murder did not call police. During interviews, the Times also quoted a neighbor by saying that they, quote, didn't want to get involved. This, of course, shocked and appalled people that so many could see something like this and not not do something about Mm -hmm. it. There were other exaggerations and variations of the detail about this crime, including that people said that they had heard that a neighbor actually turned up their radio to drown out her screams. What? So this was published in the media. Um, Oh, my God. So apparently, like, another quote was that everybody had just stood by watching a woman be knifed to death. So, a sort of folk- folklore had kind of started to surround the case, and Mm -hmm. it even claimed that the block itself was almost like a death site. So much so that there was a rumor that another woman had been beaten to death on the very same spot that Kitty had passed away in, or that vicinity in front of her apartment, and that no one called the cops or stepped in to help in that case either.
1: Okay, I get like not wanting to get involved. That's great. You don't want to get involved physically. You don't have to call the fucking police. You can make an anonymous call to the right. police, and they'll not ever know that you were involved. Like fucking.
0: So here we go, right? Even so if this it is... is a lovers' quarrel. Right. So this is all the this is all the build up, right? So this is the case that everybody talks about yeah. again with the bystander effect. Here's the reality, though. Okay, we have to keep in mind it is three a.m. It's three a.m. Okay. okay. The crime scene is technically two locations. So some witnesses who, who, some witnesses who had seen the first part of the attack or whatever they were witnessing, didn't really get a good view of what was going on either. And again, it's 3 a.m. It's probably not a lot of people awake. Whatever they bits and pieces that they did see, they might not know what was going on. Then the second location is also happening behind a closed door, you know, and that's yeah. like the brunt of the attack was after she had crawled into the stairwell. So and nobody pretty much saw that part.
1: I feel like I'd be more likely to, like, turn my head away if I heard screaming in the middle of the day, though. Screaming in the middle of the night is, like, definitely scarier. I feel like that would be more cause for concern. That's true. This is
0: also 1964. It's not the 1930s. It's not the 1930s. Also, at this time, 911 did not exist. Yeah. So, you basically just called a phone number, like, your local area phone number. Someone would give, like, a... You would receive a phone call. You... Write down a potential crime that's happening, um, but there's no priority. It's not like nowadays where you call 911 and there's high-priority and lower-priority calls. There is... It is just you get to it when you get to it. God, it's awful. So, um, and this is honestly, from what I can remember, um, part of the reason why they started having things like 911 is cases like this. Yeah. So, the only report that they actually got was of a drunken woman.
1: That's wild.
0: In any case, psychology has used the Kitty Genovese um, as an example, again, uh, when talking about the bystander effect, and it is essentially the launching pad in discovering more about why so many people would do nothing in specific moments. Yeah. There's been plenty of other instances where this effect has been present. And this is a content warning. Um, we will be talking about a few things that are pretty difficult. Um, I'm just going to give two other examples, essentially. So Jane Doe at Richmond high was actually sexually assaulted by a group of schoolmates she would survive the attack um the attack was over two and a half hours long
1: oh my god
0: um and there were about 20 other strangers around who actually watched and recorded without doing anything was it a physical
1: attack or a sexual attack
0: this is a sexual assault
1: oh my god
0: eventually a female classmate would notify the police. So in another case, um, a Jane Doe was sexually assaulted on a train in front of tons of passengers in Philadelphia. Many people pulled out their phones, but no one did anything for over 40 minutes. Eventually, a train employee who was actually off duty boarded the train during the assault and they called police.
1: Why does the first thought in people's minds go to, let's just record this active assault that's happening right in front of me? Like, if it's like a fight and you're in high school, sure maybe, if someone's not getting, like, murdered, but, like, (laughs) this person is being sexually, that's so gross. It's awful, it's
0: awful, and there's at least four or five other cases that are just on the Wikipedia page for bystander effect. So, why do people do nothing? Psychologists say it's due to the lack of sense of responsibility and more of a sense of anonymity. So, essentially, um, I ask you to complete a task. You would feel solely responsible to get that task done, However, if you're in a group of 15 people or more and you're all working on one task, like a puzzle, then you don't feel as responsible to get more done yeah. than somebody else. No, it's
1: always like, well, someone else will call. Right. Like when you drive by and you see a fire and you're like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to report someone it. someone else, else will report it. Yeah. Exactly. It's th- exactly that mindset. Yep.
0: So another interesting thought is the thought that most people also might not intervene out of fear, um, not only for fear for their own self, but also taking inventory of those around them. um, They might not think that they're as capable as someone else. So say you see someone, you know, being assaulted, you know, or harmed in Mm -hmm. some type of way. You also take inventory and stock of the people around you and you're like, oh, well, I'm Young, you know, I'm whatever. I'm not, my mind would be as strong as someone else here. Yeah. And so it's not only just fear of your autonomy, like your own autonomy, or not autonomy, but yeah, autonomy. Your capabilities. Your capabilities, yeah. Um, You don't want to put yourself out there because, you know, I would be like, well, I have a child. I'm not going to put myself in the middle of that and go help someone. However, if it's usually like one-on-one, like if you're the only person,
1: then like that's you have no there choice. you
0: have no choice. You're like, I, okay, I have to say something. I have to step up." So, it's really interesting. It's similar to like when you take, I don't know if you've taken a
1: CPR course or you know, anytime recently or anything, right. but they they do tell you like whenever some there's a situation and you find yourself needing to perform CPR, the first thing that you should do is you tell someone to call 911, but you don't say, someone call 911. You point to someone and say, you, call 911. Mm-hmm. You, get the defibrillator. You, you know, get the like, you, you point people out because right. if you just say it,
0: same exact yeah.
1: thing, you know, oh, like oh, I got it, or he can do it, or whatever, right. you know? or, like, oh, I don't want to, like, you know, take charge, you know, so right. you're supposed to delegate those, like, that is things an interesting to people, thought. you, go call one. Yeah,
0: I, I thought, uh, another, another thing that I was thinking about when I was researching this is not only is it the fear of being harmed or the fear of not being able to do anything yeah. or maybe exacerbating a situation, but also the fear of misunderstanding or mis- you know, misinterpreting what's happening in the moment. If I see, you know, a man and a woman that are making out and... Or, you know what I mean? Maybe it might be, like, something that's forceful looking or appearing to me. Mm -hmm. But if everyone around me is like, oh, it's no big deal, then am I misinterpreting that? I'm not gonna... You know what I mean? And that's a fear of a social construct at that point. Because then it's like, socially, I'm fearful that if I say something... I'm gonna be the asshole because I said something. Yeah, you know what I mean. But also,
1: it's like I'd rather overreact than underreact. Like instead of be like, "Oh, I'm sure it's fine," <laughs> I'd rather be like, "Hey, are you are you okay? Like, right. are you hurting her or, you, or is he hurting you?" No, it's everything's fine. Like that's I'm sorry if we blah blah. Okay, perfect. You know, yeah, as long as you're not being yeah, assaulted. <laughs>
0: yeah. No,
1: but I do get it. Like, I don't I've definitely drunkenly
0: I said stuff like that before. Yeah. I'm like, oh, is everything okay here? And we was like, yeah, why? And I'm like, well, because he's really rude to you, you know? Really like rude to you. <laughs> what no, you said yeah, was and, not cool.
1: And I'll tell you what, like, it's hard to say something. It's hard to be in a situation like that and be the one to say something. I, I have, sorry, I have a real quick, like, kind of, rela- like, related story. I was working behind the bar at 5-4 a while ago. Um, and I was, like, 20. Like, I was young, so it's mm. not even the kind of, like, adult that's, like, super confident and wants to say something and stand up for you, yeah. you know? <laughs> and there was this couple sitting at the bar. Well, I was on what we called the well, which is I was making drinks for the rest of the dining room, so mm. I was just frequently making drinks. It was really busy. But I was also standing in the same spot for a long period of time. And there was this couple, and I couldn't... There was a lot going on. There's a lot of people I couldn't exactly tell at first... But the guy was, they were older, probably in their 50s. The guy was talking to her, like verbally abusing her. And all she had was a glass of water. And he had, like, he has on, like, his fifth beer. He has, like, a whole plate of food in front of him. And all she had was a glass of water. Oh,
0: my. God. And he is,
1: like, just ridiculing her, just, like, talking, like, telling her that she's a piece of shit and blah, 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 like, really bad. But at first, I didn't know exactly what I was hearing. And like, I, I didn't are like, they joking?
0: Yeah. Or is he on the phone? So, yeah. So,
1: I give it a second, and I made sure I was right before I said something, and I, I was so nervous. <laughs> and I look over, it, and she's fucking crying, and I was like, oh, I have to say oh, something. No. And so, I I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Can you please not speak to her that way? That's you're making me very uncomfortable, and she's clearly very upset. Mm -hmm. And he goes, like he was, like baffled that someone said something to him. Oh no, someone said something. Well, meanwhile, finally, the first time in his life, on either side of them, there's a couple. I'm working with like three other bartenders. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not the only one that heard that. Mm -hmm. And he, yeah, first time someone stood up to him ever, and especially, oh my god, a woman standing up to you, Mm -hmm. like you know, God (laughs) forbid, right? And he goes, "This is none of your business." And I was like, oh no, you're making it my business because you're being very loud and you're upsetting her and you're sitting at my bar. Yeah, so you are making it public, my business. Please. He goes, give me the check. And I was like, I'm sorry. And he goes, I said, give me the check. You're have and I was like, up, I, I don't even think I said I'm sorry, actually. He goes, give me the check. And I didn't say anything. And then he goes, I said, give me a check. And I said, I heard you. You can hang on one second. And I continued to make my drinks. Damn. And I sat there. I felt like <laughs> such a bad bitch. <laughs> I gave him this check, and I looked at her, and I was like, are you okay? Like, do you need me to call you? Like, a ride, like, whatever. And she just shut down. Like, she didn't say anything yeah, to me at all. And I felt so bad. And I gave him the bill. He paid it. And then slams his money on the table or whatever. And then he gets up and grabs her, and they leave. And I was like, oh, my God. It made me feel so bad. I was like, I really hope that, like... Nothing worse happened. Nothing worse happened. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, obviously, never got a follow-up to that, but... And it's one of those things, like, it's, and even in a situation like that, like, she wasn't being punched in front of me or, like, you know, drugged or whatever. Like, she was just talking to right. her in a negative way, and it was still so hard for me to say something.
0: Right. Because, again, so, yeah. everyone's
1: around you. Oh, someone else will say something, or someone that's older than me might speak up instead of me having to do it, you know? Right. But, God, like, sometimes you're in a situation where you're, like, you, you don't know what you're going to do until you're in it, and I was, sh- I was shaking so bad. I had I to bet. go to the back afterwards because I was, like, so freaked out. But I don't like confrontation either. <laughs> like, I don't either. absolutely
0: hate confrontation. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is hard, like, to speak up when you, when you, like, what your moral compass is might not be somebody else's. Yeah, exactly, that and too. And sometimes people don't even realize, that man probably didn't even realize what he was doing anybody else noticed. Because no, he's exactly. probably so used to doing it. Yeah, no, he had no idea that anyone else was paying attention to them, right. to him at all. But by like you asshole. saying that, you know... There Hopefully. might have been a part of him that snapped and was like, oh, other people are seeing this. Clearly he well, I have he was to get out of here because I'm embarrassed. Right. Clearly he was aggressive enough to even give you a tone. But oh, no, still, absolutely. And yeah. I mean...
1: Again, I really hope that nothing worse came out of it. What I do hope is that, one, she either realized that, oh, my God, this is so bad that other people are noticing, or two, he realized, oh, my God, this is so bad other people are noticing, like, I shouldn't talk to her that way, which right. it's probably the former. It's it's not him. Like, he's, <laughs> he's a fucking dick. And <laughs> He'll never fine.
0: change. Leave him, girl. Anyway, Leave that's super him. interesting.
1: Um, do you have more? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I like cut you off, and I was like, "Oh, maybe oh. she has more that no. she wants to share." Well, that was yeah. That's super interesting. The bystander effect is yeah, again, you're right. It's in like every psychology course. It's like a big deal, you know. Yeah. It's like, and it's statistically proven that you can, you're more likely to get away with murder in a crowd than you are when you're one on one with, like, or one on two, or one on three. Yeah, it's very whatever.
0: surprising. I, on the flip, um I did read just a little bit about how the bystander effect i don't even know how much longer it's going to be studied because more and more people are getting comfortable with saying something more often than not now um i think the last statistical um experiment that they did i think it was in 2018 or 2019 somewhere in there but they said that more often or not people will stand up and and help others which is great
1: Pat myself on the back or anything But I think that has a lot to do with our generation Especially getting to the ages that they are at now Right being able to stand up for yourself. I feel like that's a giant theme of the millennial uh, right. generation is, is standing up for yourself and, and you know, talking back and sort right. of just submitting. So I think that might have something to do with it now that we're all at this age where we feel comfortable and we don't feel like babies anymore. You know, right. we can say something and we do have a voice. And right. stuff, so. But
0: also at the same time, mind your business, Tracy. Yeah. I hear you. Tra- mind your business, Tracy. That's true. There is some situations
1: that you shouldn't just insert your nose in. No. But If someone's getting actively fucking assaulted, whether it be physical or sexual, come on, y'all. Yeah. Not you guys. Like, you guys didn't do anything wrong. But come on, people. <laughs> come on, people. Like, anyway, that was super interesting. Like, soups in. Soups
0: in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, again, super vain over here. I've been re-listening to all of our episodes. <laughs> and there's. I got. I got to the one finally. You're like soups cash. Like soups, <laughs> soups cash. That it was so just soups funny. cash. Anyway, well, you guys check us out on TikTok if you like what you see? We have mm. some poorly edited videos, but they're out there. You can give us a follow, they're you can give out us a like, give us a view. We are—I think we're at like 150 views, which is share not all a lot. The, stuff.
0: Share that's the stuff. That's the most important thing: is that if you like it, share it. There you go. That's you know. Yeah, hook
1: us up. It'll give us, give wanna us some more I want to see just views. as many
0: shares as, as he likes. Yeah, that's what I want. Exactly.
1: Uh, so that being said, um, you can follow us on social media. Anywhere where you listen to podcasts, we are on. We're actually, I think we just got, not just got, but we're on Audible now. Uh, it's still free. But we are there, which is pretty cool. And mm-hmm. then um, we are on Instagram at Diagnosing a Killer, Twitter at Killer Diagnosis. TikTok is at Diagnosing a Killer as well. Our Patreon, if you like what we're doing and you want to support us monetarily, our Patreon is patreon.com slash diagnosing a killer. And then our email is diagnosingakiller at gmail.com. I want to keep being able to read these emails. You know what I actually want? I want to have so many emails to read that we have to wait till the end of the case to read them because there will be too much to do in the beginning. That's oh, what yeah. I want.
0: I like That's that one.
1: We'll be back um, pretty soon with another case, and then just keep going back and forth like we have been. Yeah, we're coming up on a year, by the way.
0: <gasps> I totally forgot that we yeah. need a one-year anniversary episode.
1: August thirty-first is a year for the okay. for the cast, so
0: okay. it's coming up. Yeah. yeah. All right, mm-hmm. we'll see you guys later. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.